So welcome back to All Pack of My Bags. I'm Erin and I'm here with Carly and Katie and we're talking about traveling with severe food allergies. Um, so part one was sort of an introduction to food allergies and in part two we're gonna get like into how allergies impact uh, the experience of travel. So obviously having a severe food allergy presents major challenges while traveling. A lot of allergy safety is based on routine, um, and it's also based on food labeling laws. So when you travel to a foreign country, all of this is disrupted. You're taken out of your eating routine, and you're not sure about whether the labeling laws are the same as they are in your home country. Labeling laws in Canada, America, and the UK tend to be really good. Other parts of the world, not so much. Um, and that brings us into like the discussion about cross-contamination because um, that's like what about uh, what the food labeling laws are responding to do you want to explain what cross-contamination is um yeah i guess i mean cross-contamination is terrifying to people with allergies because uh basically in any facility that also produces um nut products uh at any point could have come in contact with uh, other products that don't. And so um, you're always kind of taking a risk there because if anything happens, especially at restaurants too, if they've been cooking in peanut oil or if they have peanuts in one dish and then, you know, not properly washing something or having it on a plate and replating it somewhere else, like it can happen at any time and in any sort of facility. So it is, it's quite scary because you can't really control that. And it's, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And so when you travel somewhere foreign, the fear of this is like exponential. Um, so I know that these factors make allergy sufferers nervous to travel. I've experienced this myself, and I've also met other travelers like yourself who've um, explained this. Because um, like even the flight is scary to go somewhere. I don't know about you guys, but I don't eat airplane food because airlines i have yet to come across a single airline that can guarantee um that their food is safe Mm -hmm. on a flight and this has always kind of bothered me because airlines are very good at offering meals to people who are kosher to people who are vegetarian even vegan Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time like no shade to those people that eat that way but i was born with this and I've paid a lot of money to be on a flight. It'd be really nice if you could at least feed me mm-hmm. food that's safe. I kind of feel, especially while I was traveling through uh, Asia and Europe, that going on to the site where you booked your flight and seeing if you can make certain food selections, right? It's not even an option. No. And they have options for people who are gluten intolerant or, yeah. and I, I, I get that for sure, but there isn't even a peanut option at all no. on there. And then, so I'll have to go up to the front desk before I fly and kind of get a scolding from them being like, why didn't you tell us before? And it's like, that's not on your site. I have to tell you now. This is the only time, unless I call you guys, but. On that note, I actually called Air Canada once because I got that message Uh. and I had been scolded. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna give you a call. Okay. Several months in advance. Can you arrange a a meal for me? And they were like, no, sorry, we don't offer that meal. And I, I wanted to be like, you offer 22. I counted 22 other meals Mm. like restrictive meals but you can't take care of people that have like life-threatening food allergies Mm -hmm. 
it's very it, it kind of blows my mind i know that they changed the snacks because i was quite worried especially traveling on asian airlines giving away um little like bags of almonds or peanuts yeah but i guess i was really lucky they were just doing pretzels for most of the time but it was yeah it was quite nerve-wracking when they come up and i was like what are they pretzels or almonds i don't know what to do yet <laughs> um but yeah i was quite lucky that way yeah um and like sitting in a plane itself is scary because it's not like being on a bus or a train or in a car where you have access to medical help. If you're in a plane and something happens, the amount of time that it takes to access medical help mm-hmm. is so, so, so much longer. If you're over the Atlantic Ocean, you're not getting help for several hours. Mm-hmm. And for someone who suffers from, from a severe allergy, that is really scary because you need medical attention right away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also shocking to me how few airlines are aware of like how to give an EpiPen even. Mm. Only a couple months ago, actually, a 15-year-old girl from the UK died on a British Airways flight from London to Nice. That's a pretty short flight. Um, and that was because the flight wasn't landed in time for her to receive the medical attention that she needed. And the scary thing about this was that she had eaten a sandwich in the airport. So it was a delayed reaction. Wow. When she got onto the flight, she started to react. And like, how scary is that for her parents on the flight, you know, yeah. watching this happen? Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. So I like, without a doubt, allergies cause anxiety while traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, when they show you to like, these are your emergency exits. Like there's this, there's something in your head when you, you're like, where are my emergency exits? What's my emergency exit here? Like, how do I get out of this situation? Where's like a towel I can wrap around my face and just like breathe in a cloth for like yeah. 16 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and this brings me to another point. So not long ago, this was like, like two months ago, a woman from Montreal is suing Air Canada because they denied her boarding a flight because she disclosed that she had a peanut allergy and they asked her, where are your EpiPens? And she said she was in Colombia and she was like, my EpiPens got stolen or they were lost. Something had happened that she didn't have them anymore. And this is relatable to me because if I was her, I'd be like, oh yeah, I need to get home. Like I need to get new EpiPens, but they denied her boarding because they said you're a liability to us. I've never heard that. That is crazy. I don't know where, but I have heard other cases of this. And so there have been times that I have decided for myself that I'm not going to disclose my allergy. Yeah. I find it quite weird almost that they cared so much, considering they don't in some other aspects, you know, of catering to us, then they care that much in that way. So it's... I think a lot of the issue is, from research that I've done is that there aren't set policies around this. So it's kind of like at the whim of the person that you talk to. Mm. And I have experienced this. Like some flight personnel are very sensitive to it and other flight personnel are like, what's an allergy? I don't think that most airlines actively speak with their personnel about it. Mm -hmm. Have you guys gone through the motions of like telling your seatmates about your allergy and seeing like asking them not to eat nuts or like have you done that I've heard of people doing that before I haven't but I the people that I sit next to I do tell them that I uh, am allergic I don't think that I've gone to the extent of telling them not to eat anything though Mm -hmm. Um, 
What kind of reactions do you normally get from them? Mostly, I think people care and they're like, oh, okay, absolutely. I don't think I've I've met anyone that's like, no, I really want to eat this peanut butter thing and you're just going to have to sit there and smell it. I don't know if I've met anyone like that, which is good. Um, yeah, I've never felt like I've been, uh, I don't know, like, a, again, a liability to somebody else or like imposing on them having a good flight. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm more aware of doing that too, actually, of people sitting down next to me because it is, it's like, it's my comfort as well too, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I know that they can do that too. If you talk to the airline ahead of time as well too, they'll, they'll place people or they'll put you in specific seats mm-hmm. just to make sure that you're not around that either. So there yeah. are some precautions that way. Yeah, some airlines will also offer a buffer zone. Mm-hmm. So they'll make sure not to serve any like nuts within the buffer zone. Yeah. But I mean, there's still nuts on the plane. Yeah. They only do it for a couple rows. I think one time I was given a seat at the back of the plane because of my allergy and they their argument was that I would be safer because I was closer to the to the attendants, mm-hmm. which is interesting logic, but okay. <laughs> but was it, there was a petition too. There was a petition. I think it was a mom of a um, child who had a reaction on a plane, and she w- she was getting a petition signed, and she was trying to get them to n- not serve peanuts or nuts at all in the in like the snacks or anything. I don't know how well that's doing, but like. Yeah, I noticed there doesn't seem to be, like, it seems to change from airline to airline. Because, like you, I noticed in Asia, they do serve peanuts mm. on flights. Um, whereas within North America, I don't find it that often. Really? At least not in Canada. Maybe mm. in America. I'm, I should start taking more note of it because it seems to change always. I find it, it's so funny. I've traveled to, like, Europe and Asia and then to New Zealand very recently but I find going to America scary like they they've kind of given up caring about nuts yeah I think a little bit more at least people I mean I I can't I can't say for sure and I don't want to generalize generalize a whole nation there but like I find I've been on guard and had more cause for concern like in the states than I have um in places in Europe and Asia you know at least they're more um, susceptible to understanding and trying to figure it out. Um, but America, I think I just, I just see peanuts so much more. I've noticed that too, especially in the Southern states. I remember having a pretty close call in New Orleans. Um, they had served me my meal and I was about to eat it. And just something in my head was like, ask. (laughs) And so I turned to the server and I was like, excuse me, what kind of oil do you fry with? Peanut oil. Mm -hmm. It was so close. And that's when I realized, like, I need to ask this every single time yeah. in, in the, the southern states because I think it's more common there. Yep. I think we're lucky because in Canada, peanuts aren't, like, really part of the diet. We don't grow peanuts in Canada, so yeah. it's less prominent. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just wanted to give, like, a little disclaimer while we're talking about flights. Um And that is that most of the flights that I take are by choice. So obviously there's inherent privilege in that I can afford to fly. Um, And I think the point I want to raise, though, is that the flight experience for allergy sufferers points to a general lack of social awareness around the severity of specific food allergies. Um, So yes, like I'm choosing to take this flight by choice, 
but that doesn't mean that like food allergies shouldn't be considered and taken seriously in that space. So Carly, tell us about the first time you traveled. Were you nervous? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I think the first time was fine because I think I was with enough guardians and people that uh, I could stick close to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think traveling now has been a little bit more, I've become more paranoid now, mm-hmm. like very much so. So um, I take, like, I wouldn't even think to have done this as a kid, but what I did recently was like laminate these cards that have the peanuts and then like the no, like a big yeah, red X. circle with a yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't have thought to do that as a kid. Um, but I think now just adding those little tidbits of things to get me through, I wouldn't have thought to do that before. And now I really feel like that's a necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't really nervous before, but like definitely now I, I can't take... I don't take any risks. Like, I really can't. Yeah. Um, And I think it becomes, like, exponentially scarier the further you wander. mm -hmm. Like, my fear around traveling with my allergy became worse when I started traveling to countries where it was going to be harder to communicate, Mm -hmm. where I know that the food labeling laws aren't the same, countries where I know that, like, peanuts are prominently used. So, like, of course, Asia was very scary Mm um whereas when I was traveling like in Europe and in America you you can communicate and like you know that there's certain laws in place and so I never felt the same kind of fear traveling there I also find places like like you said too we kind of wander off the beaten path and don't really stay in the epicenter of a lot of cities you want to explore the country for what it is so a lot of the times they've got just street food too right so it's it's really hard to gauge what's safe and what's not, especially on you know the dirt roads or places that you want to wander off to. Yeah. Um, so again, yeah, you've got to be diligent with what you pack and how you think. Yeah. How how much has your allergy um, impacted the traveling choices that you make in terms of destination? Mm. Is, would there ever be a destination that you're like no? I don't want to travel there. It's going to be too stressful. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think what's happened too is it's pushed me to be less fearful of it. Um, I'm always scared traveling. There's not one place that I'm not nervous about going. Um, but it's pushed me to, to, you know, go for it and be like, you can do this if you want. Um, but yeah, like places... I know you've gone to Morocco, but at least with Katie and I who have this like huge chickpea allergy, it's like, I don't know how I would do in places like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much a trip would, I don't know how much it would hinder a trip for me, you know, not being able to really envelop a culture like that and being on guard so much, yeah. you know? So it's tough because I don't resent, like, there are times where I resent having an allergy because I do think it impedes a lot of my travel. But, I mean, like, we're all trying to go outside the bounds and and really Mm -hmm. envelop it and seeing how much people are receptive to it. So, Mm -hmm. um, so far, so good, you know. Um, I'm really quite surprised, and it's brought me to tears sometimes how compassionate people are towards me. So, um, but, yeah, there are definitely places that I know... I can't go just yet or I would have to build a stronger backbone or get a bunch of things prepped for. Mm. Um, But the thing about having an allergy while you're traveling is you really don't understand how much 
you eat and people need to eat and Mm -hmm. you feel hungry and you're walking and you're exploring and you know you're doing all these like hikes or you're seeing this statue and there's that and there's you don't understand actually how encompassing it is yeah until you go somewhere and you're with people that you know let's just stop in here and eat and you're like I don't actually know if I can so you gotta like prep and plan beforehand yeah and that's I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize like how much it impacts literally like every minute of your day yeah because I remember especially in Asia walking down the street sometimes and just thinking how long would it take me to get to a hospital from here yeah thinking that all the time or if we were like gonna go on a hike thinking I'm gonna be far from a hospital I need to make sure I have food with me that I feel safe Mm -hmm. eating it's like a lot of prepping and planning and like managing your anxiety Mm -hmm. that like people don't see and people don't understand Mm -hmm. I remember like every meal especially when I first arrived in Asia thank goodness like my two friends Sana and Joy were with me they eased my anxiety so much because they were there and I was like if something goes wrong they're here they're gonna help me but they'll speak to this like every meal time for me was scary yeah I felt so scared yeah to take a bite of food yeah and meanwhile they're sitting there like enjoying their food and it's not that I resent other people for being able to access that experience of food in a foreign country but I think as like someone with severe food allergies that's just part of the travel experience that you don't get to have Mm -hmm. and a lot of my travel a lot of my traveling has been impacted by this but I feel like in adulthood I've just come to accept that like the food isn't part of it Mm -hmm. for me yeah it's the experience it's the culture but food a lot of people travel for food Mm -hmm. I just can't yeah and yeah you're right people don't understand the type of paranoia that comes with it too right and you'll be eating a meal that people will tell you is safe but you'll look and you'll be like you know I'm in a foreign country and I'm betting my life on this person that I've never met before that doesn't speak my language that just kind of nodded and like and then I'll say you know what I can't and then people will be like but they said it's like you know what I can't like I can't I can't Mm -hmm. put all my faith and trust in this right now yeah you know and it becomes quite aversive like eating food becomes like a hurdle you know mm-hmm. and then and then you'll come home and you'll make a, a meal for yourself that you will make and you'll sit down and you'll question it for a second you know yeah and it'll happen and you're like I just questioned something that I just I'm I just took a bite of a meal that I made and now I'm seeing if I'm okay you know and it's like people don't understand that it it is like a whole level of intensity for you that you need to calm yourself down like you need to be able to talk to yourself more than I've ever been able to know myself. I've been blessed with this allergy to be like, know your body and what it's going through. Yeah. Because you have to. I'm curious, and people have asked me this, because some people, when I tell them, especially when I go into detail about what it's like to travel, especially like Asia, of course, with nut allergies is a tough one. People are always like, why why did you go? Like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you just go somewhere where it's going to be safer? Why would you put yourself through that? And I actually don't think I have an answer for it. Do you? I just wanted to go. Yeah. And I think in my head, I'm always, and it's also, I guess it's because it's so part of your life already that you're like, I've been putting up with this my whole life. I've survived so far. Mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And I always have figured it out. Yeah. I also don't believe that it 
has to stop you from really traveling to places, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I did mention Morocco, but like if people go and say like, how, how did you go to Myanmar? Like how, how did you go to Asia? It's like, I, I just, I, I can't grasp the concept of that being what stops me from seeing the world. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah. can't let that be it. There's got to be more to traveling and other substitutes that I could do in order to see the world. I can't stop because of this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to tell everyone how we know each other now because yeah. it's a fun story. <laughs> yeah. um, I have written on my own site and I've actually written for other travel companies about traveling with food allergies. Um, and I had written specifically about, I think the article you read was about traveling in Asia or just traveling in general. Um, I, no, I think it was Asia. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd written this article about like how to do it. Um, and you found it. Yeah, yeah. I was I was about to fly from uh, Vienna to Myanmar, and uh, for some reason, you know, I just got nervous about flying over there. And I looked at Myanmar and peanut allergies and stuff, and it just was horrendous. So I was like in my hotel, looking up all these terrible trip advisors and freaking me out. And I was getting so anxious and nervous, like almost not wanting to board the plane because it was just like, don't go if you have a peanut allergy, you will die, this is terrible, what are you thinking? Like, no, don't. And then, uh, yeah, you were one of two articles that I found out of everything that shed some positive light in being like, you can do this. You, There's no way that you can't do this. Just know your facts and know what you're doing and A, B, C, and D, get your ducks in order. And these are the places that I felt like you were talking about, the places that you felt safer in, which coincided with me, which was great. You were like, Bogan was, and I was like, oh, okay, great. I'm going there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I messaged you. I found you on Instagram and I messaged you in my freak out, in my like crazy haze of paranoia. And I was like, hi, <laughs> traveler and I have a feed analogy and I read your site and you were like you said about your friends you calmed me down so much and we had this interaction where I just felt so safe and comfortable with you um and you helped me out a lot before the before the um trip because you told me to to take non-perishables and I did and that's what saved me too Mm -hmm. so it was nice I'm like so very grateful for you Uh, it made me so happy to receive your message because you know like you write and I can see like analytics, but it's nice when someone actually reaches out and is like, your article helped me. Mm -hmm. Like it makes me feel really good to know that like I have the power to encourage other people to like think, oh, I can actually do this. Yeah. But I wanted to segue into us talking about how we actually did Myanmar because (laughs) when I was preparing to go to Myanmar, people thought I was like batshit crazy Yeah. because I literally went to a grocery store in Thailand and bought, I told you, I bought like all these perishables, like canned corn, a box of cereal. I prepared to feed myself (laughs) through canned food for the entire time that I was in Myanmar. Yeah. And like Lucas and I, we were going to board the plane and he was like, your pack is so heavy because of all this stuff. And we were trying to like distribute the weight evenly because we were like, we have to get all of this food into Myanmar. Like Aaron's life depends on it. Mm-hmm. 
And there were days that I ate, like, I would go in, I think I told you to do this too, I would go into the restaurants and be like, just give me rice. Yeah. And they would just give me a thing of rice, and I would go to a street market, buy vegetables, throw them in the rice, washed, and just eat that. Yeah. You just find ways to deal. Mm -hmm. But, like, it was also really difficult because I remember feeling hungry a lot mm-hmm. of the time in Myanmar but being literally too afraid to take a chance on yeah. eating something mm-hmm. and um, you stock up once you know you can or if you if I saw fruit on the street or something that I could eat you don't just like grab it to eat it just then you're like I will take 10 of these thank yeah. you yeah. <laughs> you're like I don't know how many bananas I ate on this trip but like so many bananas for some reason I, I don't survived, eat any now but like yeah. survived on bananas it was yeah. like a running joke that I always had a bag when I was traveling in Asia that was my food bag and it would just be filled with snacks at all times because I'd be like I don't know when my next meal is gonna be yeah. I need to have I need to have stock <laughs> of food <laughs> yeah I mean I, I I think I followed I pretty much followed what you told me to do too so because I didn't want to take any risks and I had no, I knew that you went through it so it was like I don't actually want to go further than that to be honest mm-hmm. so it was nice like what you said I did exactly that and I had an amazing time like besides the food stuff and that's the thing that's like oh man you just you smell the street food and it just smells so good you know and you're like mmm Tell me how it tastes to people. (laughs) You're like, how is it? Um, But it was fine. Like, I found people so accommodating there. It was really nice. Um, But yeah, it was was not a place that I could go and experience the food there at all. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, like a lot of rice crackers. And my friend Charday actually too has been my travel buddy. And she's just been my confidant and my nurse and everything. So she was still in Toronto and I was going to meet her at the airport in Myanmar and I was like can you get me protein bars oh god so like before she boarded her plane to Toronto she like ran and got me like a whole stack of protein bars and hiking bars and stuff so yeah I have to thank her for that too because she was there and you always have to have like it's so nice to have a buddy like that too that you just you feel so comfortable and safe and know that if anything happens to me like this person's just gonna like be there and take over and know it and it's also emotional support like I really leaned on those girls like my friends and then when it was Luke and I traveling like there were days that I would I remember I remember one day in Kaohsiung which is a city in Taiwan could not find like any food that I felt comfortable eating and I just started bawling in the street and I was bawling because like he had just eaten all this street food and it's such a like they say like first world problem Mm -hmm. it is in a sense but like in that moment it's really devastating and I was starving like I was hungry and there were so many places that I could eat that I was too afraid to eat there yeah and in moments like that you kind of wonder like why am I putting myself through this Mm -hmm. It's tricky. It's so tricky because you want to, I like I I do. I genuinely want to trust people, but they don't understand my perspective of it either, right? And and they wouldn't be able to get it. And I'm not saying that you know anyone's bad or anything, but it's just it's one of those things where you're like, man, I really really want to trust you with my life, but like I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't at all. It's yeah. my life. You yeah. know. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's like something you learn when you have one of these allergies is like, it takes a lot to put trust in other people in that department. Mm -hmm. Like 
there are only few friends and my partner and my parents like those are the only people mm-hmm. that I can trust and even them even my parents nowadays like will text me and be like is this safe because it's hard it's hard mm-hmm. to keep up with the times and like know how to properly research what is safe for someone it's true it's true and when I was in Budapest there was an incident that I I mean obviously while I was going through this whole <laughs> downward spiral of like traveling with this not allergy to Myanmar, there was a woman that had a, I don't know if you read this, in Budapest where she ate some chicken and the chicken had nuts on it or something after she told the restaurant that she had an allergy and now she has brain damage. <gasps> and she was like on a TV show about it. Um, but yeah, so I was in Budapest and I was talking to this guy at, a, at the restaurant and it was a completely different restaurant. But when I mentioned it to him, he goes, it wasn't this restaurant. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, sounds good. <laughs> and uh, he was like, I'll make sure, I'll make sure. But it is, it takes, it takes, like we were talking about before in part one, like it takes an experience of someone experiencing it or seeing it or having it in the news somehow for them to understand the gravity of it, mm-hmm. um, especially in other countries too, right? Once it blows up in the news that something happened to somebody in a restaurant there, a tourist or a foreign person had an allergy, then they start taking it seriously. I just don't want to be that person, mm-hmm. you know? You don't want to be the case study. No. Yeah. I don't want anyone to be. Like, no. like just to, to <laughs> yeah, follow that up. I don't want it's, that to happen to anybody. It's sad that that's what has to happen yeah. for people to understand the severity of it. And like even in, in my lived experience, like people crack jokes about it. Mm-hmm. I've worked in restaurants in Toronto and it is scary how people don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is the restaurant industry. People here should understand. Mm-hmm. I'm so very grateful when people take the precaution of making sure that I'm safe when I go and eat at their establishment. And part of me goes like, I shouldn't maybe have to feel this grateful, you know? Like, I'm not entirely sure whether it isn't, whether you can't adapt to this, you know? Like, why can't I get a nut-free meal? Why why can't people guarantee that? You know, yeah. why can't you take a second and really make sure that there's no nuts on my plate so I can eat something? But like we said earlier, when they put the make and they're just covering it up too. But it's like... Why can't we just take an extra second and make sure that we can? I I think a lot of it circles back to the fact that people, I think a lot of people mistake anaphylaxis with intolerance. Yeah. And a lot of people do go into restaurants saying like, I'm intolerant when really, or they say I'm allergic when really they mean they're intolerant. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there isn't enough education around like what the difference is. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people might not, understand the actual gravity of the reaction and that's what i actually found on flights too when i when i would tell the flight attendants that i was allergic they would follow up with how allergic are you and then i would say i'm anaphylactic and then they'd be like oh okay all right and that's good like i would encourage people to ask that if someone tells you they have an allergy Mm -hmm. ask them to explain yeah how severe it is because it's different for most people Mm -hmm. um on that note what have you found helps like the people around you while traveling, but also at home? Like what can people do to help ease the anxiety and just like be supportive? Mm. Um, I think it's more like a the kind of like antecedent, like before if people, if I'm having, if I'm going to a friend's house or something, right. And we're in like a thread of what, what we're all bringing. If I, if someone says before I even say it, that like, oh, Carly's got an allergy, so we want whatever. Yeah. It's like the kind of like beforehand really makes me feel amazing. So mm-hmm. um, 
knowing that people know ahead of time, like my friends are taking those those measures too, right? And they they say it to me before I say it to them is something that's really beautiful. Um, but in terms of support, I mean, people either get it or they don't too, right? I think there's like, I used to really shy away from being so paranoid, especially in restaurants. And my, a lot of my friends would be kind of like bewildered like why don't you take this more seriously and it was like a stigma almost for I felt like I had a disability that I was embarrassed about you know um so not being embarrassed about it and not having people around me think it's an embarrassment has really helped and I know that's probably just me thinking about it but um everyone being okay with it and not making me feel like embarrassed by it at all I can totally relate to that yeah even recently like my partner his friends were like, let's go out for dinner. They mentioned a Chinese restaurant. I'm not comfortable eating in Chinese restaurants because I've had close calls in them. And um, I told him, I was like, tell them I'm going to come and not to worry about it. Like, I'm going to eat before I go. I want to be there. I want to be part of the social situation. Mm -hmm. But I always feel like I have to tell people specifically, like, don't feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand I'm used to this. It's my life. Like, it doesn't bother me that I can't eat. I still want to be here. Yeah. And I always tell people, like, you don't need to change your plans. Like, I can... I My whole life has been accommodating. And so it's normal for me. But I do... That said, like, I really appreciate it when people, especially in advance, like you said, mm-hmm. remember yeah. and, like, ask me yeah. which restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. I also find... A lot of it for me is like emotional, especially when I'm traveling. Like when people, for example, like when it came to mealtime, traveling with Sana and Joy, like they would look to me and be like, okay, like what are you comfortable with? Mm. And it wasn't something that I ever had to be like, oh no, I do, I'm not sure about this restaurant. And I found that like that little tiny thing mm-hmm. made me feel so much better. Yeah. That's what so happened in Myanmar too. Like my friend, again, my friend Charday was like, we were looking at restaurants and then she would pass it to me and be like, you pick out a couple of things too. Yeah. And even when we, I went to New Zealand and we did Hobbiton and they give you a feast at the end mm-hmm. of going to Hobbiton. And I was with my friend Max and when he was telling me what we were doing, cause it was like kind of a surprise. He was like, he was like, and then there's a feast after and don't worry, I've already told them about your allergy and I've already <sighs> informed them. And it was just like, it's just... I don't think people understand how much that means to someone with an allergy too, right? As much as like we're very paranoid about it, the second you just bring up that you notice it and that you still are aware of it, it's like it almost brings tears to my eyes sometimes. I'm just like so overwhelmed with gratitude. Like thank you so much for remembering that and like taking it into heart and like doing it before I even have to say it because I don't always like saying it, you know? Like I know. It gets tiring. Yeah. And it... There's, I, embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. I find there's a lot of like anxiety around having to tell people all the time. Yeah. There's people that I know who probably don't know that I have this because I avoid it. I don't want to talk about it unless I absolutely have to mm-hmm. bring it up. Yeah. And so having to constantly remind people is also like you're reminding yourself in a way. Yeah. Like I like to live in a bit of denial. Like my life is totally normal. This doesn't have a huge impact when in reality it kind of does. But, like, it's very easy to get into a routine and let that go. But then when it comes to social situations, you're forced to constantly bring it up. Mm-hmm. When I was in New Zealand recently, I was, like, dying for ice cream. I think it was, like, Ben & Jerry's or something just up the street. 
and there was like a huge lineup and everyone was getting everything and I just one of the guys behind the counter was like can I get you something and I was like yeah but I have a peanut allergy and like I really want that one so he like grabs these tongs goes in the back for like five minutes and like washes them and then in the tub like in the actual tub he takes a scoop and he scoops everything away from everything and scoops from the middle that hasn't been touched or anything's been in there and I'm watching this being like you are my guardian angel like thank you so much I wouldn't have even thought to do something like that but he like scooped everything that could have like been around it and went right for like the middle that hadn't been touched yet and gave me one. hero it was beautiful. beautiful it was a really wow. beautiful moment and we all would have appreciated that more than anyone else, you know? It's very easy to make an allergic person really happy. <laughs> yes. It's really easy. I'm almost in tears. Yeah. Like, it's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I know how bummed out I get. So the thing about you guys talking about, like, traveling and realizing that a lot of, for you, a big part of it can't be food. That's why I think I, like, I don't travel a ton. And I constantly consider like where I'm gonna go and for me like I love food and I can't I find it really hard to say no to a lot of food so for me I'm like man like I know how like how sad and disappointed and like just it can just change my entire mood if I feel like there's just nothing for me because I've been there where somebody's telling me about something that's just like so amazing and I get so hyped up for it and then they come with the food and it's like oh yeah it might have nuts and I'm like mm, yeah cool <laughs> and like I'm used to it but then there's some days where you're just like I'm so over this <laughs> yeah your mood can change yeah so quickly. and like I'm just so worried about feeling like that traveling abroad so I do seriously consider city or countries that I know would be safer for me so like I'm highly considering going to Japan because I know I feel safe with sushi and I can eat a lot of sushi I was just in Japan by myself yeah Yeah, I spent five days in Japan by myself in December it was amazing yeah I had the best ramen ever but again like it was it was tough because I thought I could eat more stuff and one of the places that I went to you you get you it's almost like a vending machine like you pick what you want outside of the restaurant and then it gives you a tab and then you go into the restaurant. And so I had to tell the guy that I, this is what I have, a nut allergy. And I showed him the card and stuff. And he was like, it was so nice. He, he obviously didn't speak that much English. And there was some beautiful girls beside me that were helping me through this as well. Um, and he was like, oh, that's got, I guess in the broth, had like peanut broth or something, which I was like, whoa, what? Mm -hmm. So he took me outside and he showed me the ones that I could have. And I picked that one. And he was like, okay, absolutely. And and he was like showing me that he was making it in front of me. And then I sat to eat it. And then he comes over. And I guess what I had ordered previously was more expensive. So he just gives me the change. And it was like the most beautiful thing. And I was like, you're so nice. And then there was two people from Australia sitting beside me. And he gave him their food. And he was like, these guys have the peanut ones. You're okay, though. And so it was just like really nice. Yeah, he was such a sweetheart. I really liked and so I don't know if you feel this way but when I travel sometimes if I find a spot that I feel really comfortable in 
chances are I'm going to go back. Oh, right? yeah. That's the place that I feel I've the most. I've written about that. Yeah. So... I always, like, once I find a restaurant that I know is safe, I go to the same one. Yeah. For as long just... as I'm there. Yeah. So I went I, I went back there. Like, I was yeah. only there for five days. I must have had three ramens from there because I just knew the guy. And yeah. I just felt really safe. And, and it was you, very There's delicious. a relationship of trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's economical for them, too, to do that because then you will come back totally yeah like it makes sense to give good customer service like that and that's why i don't understand why more restaurants all over the world don't offer something like that Mm -hmm. like it makes sense you know cultures all over the world are different but especially in north america why wouldn't you offer a service like that there's so many people with peanut allergies they will just keep coming back there's I'm, a huge market. Okay, if they opened a restaurant that was like peanut-free pad thai, <gasps> think about all the people oh, that would go. Dude. I don't. I would love to eat pad thai. I would love it, mm-hmm. but I can't eat it because yeah. it always has peanuts. Yeah. There's a huge market for it. Yeah. So, like, to close this convo, I just want to say, like, if any listeners are allergic to peanuts or anything, and you have questions or something that you want to bring up as an issue, please reach out to us. Um, I think that this isn't talked about a lot, especially in the context of travel. And I've actually like run across a lot of articles written by parents who are raising kids who are allergic, who are afraid. And like, I've reached out to some of these parents and chatted with them. And they're just asking questions about like everyday life. But when it comes to travel, especially like people are terrified. Mm-hmm. Very and so much I think, so. I think it helps if we start trying to form a community. Mm-hmm. of people that are able to tell each other like I've had this experience and it was okay and you can have this experience as well balloon baby community yeah <laughs> come join the balloon baby club <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much Carly for coming on the pod today thank you so much for having me this was awesome is there anything you want to plug like any projects or Instagram or oh um uh, not at the moment. I wish. I'm putting on a play. I'm hopefully putting on a play. I am. Um, in uh, At the Assembly Theater at the end of April or maybe in May. Um, Sweet. So that'll be really fun. And that's a passion project. Um, but season two of Titans is uh, filming right now. But watch the first season because it's really fun and a lot of hard work went into it. And a lot of, you know like anything making a superhero movie there was explosions that were meant to happen and explosions that weren't so <laughs> and carly's in it you can see the back of carly you won't know it's me but it is so <laughs> it is. um thank you katie you weren't only our producer on this episode you were literally in the episode which is great um but thanks for making us sound so profesh and thank you music array for the cool little music bits that you're hearing here and there If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, but we are not saying very much at the moment. Uh, You might have heard that Twitter thinks we are three months old, so (laughs) apparently we're not old enough to be using the internet yet. Um, But we're working on this issue, so feel free to follow us at least. Um, Our website is alpacamybags.ca. Please reach out to us. We're super responsive. We love chatting with you guys. Um, yeah so if you like what you're hearing please let us know by reviewing the podcast and remember to subscribe while you're at it Um, every subscription tells us that you love what you're hearing and it helps us to boost our show on the podcast charts so that's really helpful for us please don't be shy Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, am I going to burp? I don't care. Um, <laughs> didn't pick that up. No. Oh. <laughs> Tune in every other Wednesday for more episodes. And I hope you all get to alpaca your bags soon. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>